Hey everybody, welcome to uh, episode four of the Mountainside Table Talk podcast. All right, so we're back again, episode four here. We're coming to you live on YouTube. Actually, we're not live, but uh, we're coming to you actually on YouTube and everywhere else as well. On the Patreon, on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. We're there, and uh, this episode is free. So, uh, sup y'all to all the non-patrons that are checking this out. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, and have had a pretty exciting last few months. Um, to those of you who are new to the channel and new to the podcast, thanks for dropping in. Um, the way this works is one out of every four podcasts we release publicly. The rest are just available on our Patreon. So if you really enjoy this, check out the links. But otherwise, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Chunk number one, if you've listened to our previous pods, you know this. Chunk number one is all about more in-depth discussion of all the battle reports we've posted since the last episode. So, all right, what's the first one we have to go through? We've got the Crute versus Hyrotech game, right? Yeah, that was, uh, feels so long ago now. But I know, it really does. It was posted, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. About three and a half weeks ago. So, uh, that was a good game. I love a tie. Behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes look here, we really could not decide who won this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we were filming it. And we thought, first we thought you won, right? Yeah. Then we thought it was a tie again. Then we thought I won. And then we realized it was actually a tie. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing to remember is that, like, when we're filming these, it's like a seven or eight hour session of playing one game of Kill Team. And so, yeah. like, we both we both have zero brain cells left by the end of this. And so it's like, counting to 16 was so hard for both of us yeah. by the end. So we had to go through after we filmed it in post and just, like read through everybody's tack ops and measure everything out and realize, okay, this is what it was actually scored. This was the, the real final score. Yeah. But we both love ties, so it was a satisfying result. And I think we both love these teams. Yep. So th those teams were both recently buffed. And, I mean, personally, I thought uh, they both felt like much more viable teams. The Crute, maybe more so to me, felt like I got a bit more power out of it. Um. But playing against the Necrons, like the command for zero AP is scary. You gotta like constantly think about that. Yeah, Necrons feel way better. I I'm determined to show the world that they're not terrible, but uh, so far I've been having a tough time with that. <laughs> um, it really feels like every game I don't win with them, which is literally every game because I've never won a game with them. <laughs> but every game I don't win with them, I end thinking. You know, if I had done this and this and this differently and just had a bit bigger brainwave during this game, I could have pulled it out. So I never lose thinking there was no way I could have won. Even Gellerpox? Well, okay, I haven't played them into Gellerpox after the nerfs and buffs. Right. So that would have changed a lot. True. That would have changed a lot. Also, I think I learned a lot when we filmed that game. And even, like, nerfs and buffs aside... I think I could have played differently. Yeah. I could have taken advantage. I could have taken advantage more with Splash, taking different Necron weapons, like getting free kills on your little guys, and then just uh, you know, there were there were plays to be made there. Even that game, I do believe, if I had taken different weapons on my Immortals, and if I had taken different Tac Ops and 
positioned better, I do think it was within my control to have won. Like, a good player would have beat you. So it's like if I had taken a different team and played different tack ops and approached the primaries differently and rolled better. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's not impossible. It wasn't impossible. Yeah, no, not you at know, all. You know, some games feel like... So we're streaming now, right? And we played a game maybe a week and a half ago at this point where I played Commandos and Victor played Breachers. And he just rolled, like, once the entire game. Yeah. That game, I don't know if he could have won. That was... Like, okay, so we, like, meme a lot about my bad rolls and your good rolls. But I think, like, if anyone really took a look at the math over the channel, like, they kind of all come out in the wash. But that game was atrocious. Yeah, anyone listening to this that was there for that game, you know. Yeah. It was bad. How many ones did you roll on plasma shots across the game? Probably, like, five or six. Well, my first plasma shot was three ones and a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but anyway, back to this uh, Necron Crute uh, game. So, yeah, I definitely think my biggest misplay was my tack op selection. And I do think if I had picked better tack ops, like, who knows? Because you would have played differently, too. The whole game would have been different. But I do yeah. think I do think I significantly uh, hindered myself. I hindered my chances at winning by picking those tack ops. Because yeah. they're just not fast enough. Like, I just had to spend so many resources getting the kills to wade through and at, by the end of the game, I did kill enough to wade through. Yeah. But it was just, I didn't have enough to also move up. And then one thing that felt so, so bad was trying to reanimate my Apprentech on turning point four and whiffing. Yeah. And that... That hurts. That might not have made a difference because you could have shot him instead of guarding with one of your other operatives with the bird guy, I think. Right. So it, he might have just died anyway and it wouldn't have made a difference. But at least... You know, there's a chance that it would have just given me an extra body and I really could have done something there. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest mistake I made was letting my bow hunter get killed. I kind of overlooked that door being there and I like I had plans to use them to kind of go through the other side of that big room and end up in your drop zone. But obviously, like I just kind of left her out in the wind and you one shot her with the death mark. I kind of thought like I didn't measure it, but I thought, you know what? She's probably obscured here. <laughs> it's like all nope. of a sudden. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, I think also you not really realizing that door was there is an understatement. You straight up told me I didn't see that door until you opened it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. The too. funny thing is I could have, because the, the same door exists on my half. I could have used it, but I like ran right past it with my hounds and yep. everything. Just didn't see it. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's not reading the mission is as much of a misplay as anything else. Yeah. But anyway, that was that game. I don't think there's too much more to be said about it. It was a good game. We both had fun. We love ties, and uh, both the team buffs feel good. Yeah, I think they're both successful buffs. Necrons still suck, but they suck a little less. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Warcry, episode two. Episode two of Warcry. This one sucked for you. This one sucked for me a lot. <laughs> and like, You've to be fair, month. I think I had a much better chance if I played this as a competitive match. But I'm going into it thinking narratively. Yeah. And, you know, these trees, the Gribbler's not going to stay back and hide. Of course. Even though it's a thousand percent, you know, I could have, I would have at least survived another couple turning points. Yeah. Because... You know, you got the kill on him for free, basically, because I just charged him into a big, a bunch of guys. 
<laughs> but uh, that's a that's a deep cut. It is, yeah. Mountainside, Mountainside tabletop deep cut, deep cut. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't mind the loss because it's narrative. Yeah, that's the thing. Same here. Uh, you know what? Like with Warcry and with narrative, like the main victory for me in that game was that I was able to use the Wrathmonger's quad ability and do like the sweet yeah. jump across the gap kill. That feels as good yeah. as the victory. It's more, it, it it really caters itself for cinematic moments like that. Yeah. And you know, spoiler alert, the Gribbler will charge the most recent person who killed him or the person who looks the most like the most recent person who killed him every game. Like <laughs> yeah. you already know that's happening. So even if it doesn't play into my plans, yeah, that's what's happening. And, um, we have not filmed episode three yet, but we're about to, and we have uh, selected the battle plan set up, and uh, no big spoilers, but it's going to be a tough one for Vic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, blood will be spilled. I mean, I think there's pretty much a 0% chance you win that. Yeah, I mean... Unless like, you, like, you, I mean, ignore blood for the blood god. Right. Yeah, that's true. Unless you, unless you like, forsake the narrative ideology and just try and sweat me, but there's, I don't think you will. There's also a pretty um, hilarious situation in which I could flee using the flee rules. But then you also lose. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, hmm, that is interesting. Yeah. There's a weird interaction. I don't know. It probably won't come up, but uh, anyway, that that'll be a fun game. Um I really love the aesthetic of Winter Warcry. Yeah, same here. We're really happy with how that's turning out. Um, love the mat. Yeah. So we got at least another episode coming of the campaign, probably two more. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? It all depends on, uh, you know, people like it. Yeah. One crazy thing about this game was that, like, how much of a difference did that Carnosaur elixir make. Yeah, that was huge. That, that was an MVP. Yeah. Without that, it would have I would have really struggled to catch. I think I would have had to kill your other archer. And it would have been really hard to catch them because they have, especially with the twist, like eleven inches of movement. Yeah, so 20, 22. 22 inches of movement. Like you can go like just zap from one end of the board yeah, to the other every pretty turn. Much. Yeah. So and I have no range. And I was like, you know, if I had another turning point or another activation in me. Most likely, I was killing one of your big yeah. skull crushers. So, yeah, it's cool how, um, like, obviously, it's not really balanced. No. But I think that's not the point. It's not the point, yeah. So, we had fun filming that, and uh, we'll have fun filming subsequent episodes as well. Yeah. So, speaking of not really balanced, but what I think is exquisitely balanced is Phobos versus Warp Coven. Yeah, I, okay, so it was a really close game. It was, yeah, and, like, I did not have fun playing it, but I've had so much fun thinking of it. Like, I yeah. really enjoy the, like, the depth of that game. I thought it was, like, a really hard-fought game and a yeah. very calculated game from both of us, but it was, like, it was hard work. Yeah, and obviously, every time I lose, I spend days yeah. <laughs> replaying the game in my head, thinking of how I could have won. Yeah. And I do think there are some... There are some things I could have done differently to have scored an extra couple points. And uh, so let's talk about my tack op selection quickly. Okay. So I picked, uh, I had Sorceress Ritual. Yep. 
I had secure access point. And my third one was courier. And so on paper, like before the game, I was thinking, okay, I can just secure one side of the map, like absolutely lock down one side of the board and guarantee score all my secondaries. Yeah. Like I thought I had a really good shot at scoring all my secondaries. And I did. I maxed out my secondaries in that game. However, what I didn't, I, I mean, I did consider this, but what I didn't put enough weight into was courier means you have to end the game with a certain operative, A, alive, and B, in a certain place. Yeah. Secure access point means you have to have, for me, two bodies over by the door in and, a certain place at the end of the game. And they can't be the courier, right, because of where yeah. it's placed. It, the courier had to be a different model. Yeah. And then uh, Sorcerer's Ritual, I was just spending so many resources every turn just doing that. And I think if I had picked some different TAC Ops, maybe I would have scored a couple less secondaries. But I, you know, if I had put more effort into controlling that middle room, I think I could have done better. I think I could have won, potentially. Yeah. And... It just, like, those those tack ops were really, they really stuck me into a certain style of play, which took away a lot of the flexibility. And then when I saw that you had taken the bottom point yeah. where all my other half of my team was sitting, I didn't have as much recourse as I would have liked to be able to either defend that area with other models or take advantage of you being down there and taking other points. Yeah, I think what it kind of came down to was, like, I got really lucky in that, like, we both came to the game, I think, with a pretty clear plan in our minds of, like, what we wanted to do. And my plan was to, like, just try to dominate primaries and, like, not... And just, like, limit the damage that you could do by, like, just yeah. controlling angles and, like... I was like going for like board restriction, right? Like if I if I can control the center, it doesn't really matter if you have one of these sides because there's only two points in one of the side areas. And so like luckily I think um you know your plan ended up kind of playing into my plan. Yeah. Which was just like a a crapshoot, right? Like cuz ju it just as likely could have gone the other way. Yeah, a couple a couple dice rolls differently and I would have won. Yeah. Like it was it was a really close game, and like I lost, but it felt satisfying. The, the results felt satisfying, and the game felt satisfying. And I think we both learned a lot about both of those teams. I think we both gained a lot of respect for both of those teams. Yeah, I think Warp Coven has a lot of play. So, I feel the same way, and I feel the same way with Phobos. Like, I think both of those teams are really underrated. Like, yeah, neither of them are intercession. Or yeah. Void Dancers or Geller Pox. But, like, they're strong, you know? Like, like they've got... Any APL3 team is going to be strong, right? Like, especially Into the Dark with Hatch nonsense. Well, Compendium Space Marines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Though, you know what? Like, I bet Compendium Space Marines are more viable Into the Dark now. Like... Oh, for sure. But I don't, like... They've basically... Like, why would anyone play them now? Why would anyone... Unless, I, mean, I guess, scouts. TAC Marines. Some people like TAC yeah. Marines. 
but or uh, Death Watch is part of that, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a good game. I really, really liked playing the Reaver. That was my first time playing a game with the Reaver Sergeant. Yeah, and that was a fun matchup. Really fun matchup. I think both teams had interesting interactions. Yeah, and that's a matchup that I would, like, I would do a rematch of that. Definitely. That would be if if we're gonna do any rematches, which we've never done a straight rematch on the channel before. That would be. A but good one. if we were gonna do one, I think that would be a really interesting rematch. Or yeah, like an open world rematch. Yeah. Could be interesting too. That would really change things up. Yeah. Both for both teams. Definitely. Is there? Can you do a no zangers list? Yep. That'd be like I almost wonder if that would have really helped you because I. You know, I played Seek and Destroy, and I scored two victory points from killing Zangors. Like that, and that's easy to kill them, right? Yeah, but the thing is, I almost, I think I needed either. Well, okay, I didn't need it. Like there are other ways I could have won, but it would have been interesting if I had either. See, but I don't know because, I mean, I suppose I could have stacked that side room, and left the middle kind of more undefended. Yeah. Because then you have to, like, run out into the open to get there, whereas in the side room, you kind of have, a, like, mm -hmm. a defended path. Um, but I'm, I was almost thinking I could have ditched the gunner because the gunner ended up doing nothing. And if I had two more zangers instead of the gunner, that would have uh, really helped. Yeah. Though I think the gunner really acted the way my marksman did for you, yeah. which is that, like, I had no choice but to respect it and play around it. Yeah. Even though, like, my marksman didn't make a single shot in the entire game, but I feel like him being in the middle dominated the center. Yeah, like six dice, I think it's AP1, uh, decent damage. That's a way to one-shot a Space Marine. And also, there was one point where I was worried about Fusilade. Like, if I hadn't scrambled him at one point, you could have Fusilade and killed two injured ones, which would have been, like, a total yeah. nightmare. Yeah, that was a good game. I think... At some point, let's do a rematch. Yeah, two, of our, two of our favorite teams. People seem to enjoy the video. Yeah. Um, so that's that's uh, what we posted since the last podcast. Three nice. videos. Our most productive month was January. We got four battle reports out in January, which is more than we've ever done before. Well, isn't there one more we should be talking about? Because we've talked about three. Uh, the first one we talked about in the last podcast. Which was what? The first war cry. Ah, okay. Yeah, we've discussed that. Uh, if you haven't heard that because you're not a patron, you can uh, become a patron and go check that out. But anyway, now that that's out of the way, we're going to move on to the highly anticipated Q&A. Chunk number two, the Q&A. Yeah. It's time, folks. It is. So the channel is, um, at the when this comes out, will be like, what, three days short of its first birthday? Yep. And so we've had so many questions come in over the year. Um, including specifically when we asked for them for the, for this Q&A. But we're going to take the chance to answer some of the most asked questions along with uh, everything asked by our Patreon and some stuff collected from the Discord and YouTube. So uh, what should we start with? Let's, uh, let's take a look at the patron questions from our Patreon specifically first. Sure. Okay. Uh, so the first one is from Sundraki. Sup, Sundraki? I think he was our first 1HP gang member. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Um, and the first question of year. Questionnaire? Questioner. Uh, okay. 
What got you guys into tabletop games? Why don't you go first? Okay, sure. So I, I mean, I'm doing air quotes right now, but I played Warhammer as a kid when I was like nine or 10, but really um, I had older neighbors that played Warhammer and convinced my parents to buy me some old Tau and got frustrated and cried while painting them and never really played a game, but have always been into it. And then, uh, you know, kind of put it down for 20 years, as I think so many people do. Um, and then, you know, was hanging out with Brad, playing a lot of Valorant and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And then he mentioned like, oh, yeah, there's a new edition of this like smaller version of Warhammer called Kill Team coming out. Um, and then basically the day he said that, I went to my local game store and got some Dire Avengers. You did too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and I've been like neck deep in plastic ever since. Yeah, for me, um, I never played Warhammer as a kid, but uh, I did play a lot of a certain uh, miniature war game, and that was HeroScape. Mm. I was a big HeroScape kid. I was obsessed with it. Uh, played it a ton over at my friend's house with my family, uh, and then it got discontinued, and I am not even joking, for years after, I had a recurring dream... <laughs> Where I would walk into like a toy store or a garage sale or something and then be like, oh, it's they have some in stock again. It's the last box. Uh, I was really into it. Like I was obsessed with it for a long time. Um, very sad that the uh, the crowdfunding didn't meet its goal to come back. But uh, I mean, I... I Put money into it. So. Yeah, you you didn't you do two like you I was put, gonna buy two yeah. boxes. I put down, you know, I said I was down to buy two boxes, but it, uh, not enough people felt the same way, unfortunately. So yeah, been there. But anyway, um, so I played that, uh, and then I left it for a while, and then I guess it was maybe 2018 before the pandemic. Uh, I just I found Midwinter Minis. Oh, I don't yeah. know how. I don't know. I don't even know like why it came up on my YouTube suggested. So I wasn't searching for anything related to Warhammer or mini painting or anything like that. But one of his battle reports came up on my suggested, and I watched it. And I binged all his battle reports, and then I was like scouring the internet, looking at all of the minis that I thought looked so cool. And I got uh, it was like the tiniest starter set from Eighth Edition with the Plague Marines and the Space Marines. And I tried to play with my cousin, uh, but we had, like, no models, so it, we weren't, like, really playing. Mm. But we only, like, got together once or twice to try and learn the rules, and then COVID happened. So, you know, I messed around trying to paint those up, but they sucked. And then, yeah, fast forward to the new edition of Kill Team caught my eye, and uh, I hit up, Victor and PJ and a bunch of people, we all got into it, and uh, a legend was born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so next question from Nicholas Hug. Um, any plans on making a How to Play Warcry video? Not really. Short answer, no. Yeah, not really. Like, there's, there's just so many How to Play Warcry videos out there that are good. Like, you know, and... I don't think we'd really improve on them. I mean, one of the things we did, one of the reasons we started making battle reports is because we didn't really see the type of battle reports that we wanted to watch that represented, and especially in Kill Team. And so we started making them. Whereas I feel like with the How to Play videos, like there's such good resources out there. Yeah, and also we've kind of missed the boat. It's yeah. been out for a while, and 
maybe we could have done something when Gur came out, but right. I don't know. We also, we don't get anything early, so it's hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, by the time we would get everything together, paint it up, built, and learn the rules, Yeah. everybody else already has it. And another reason why is, um, you know, we try really hard not to make rules mistakes. Yeah. But sometimes they get through, and then making... Making a rules mistake in a how to play video would feel supremely bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, probably not going to happen. But never say never. Um, okay, next question. If you're not a fan of Arbides possibly coming into the game, so these this is from four weeks ago. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're not a fan of Arbides coming into the game, which faction or army would you like added to Kill Team? Definitely Votan, Votan and Tyranids. Votan and Tyranids, yeah. Uh, Death Guard? Yep. Like all, I mean, I just, there's so many cool ones, just not humans with guns. Yeah. You know, any of the ones that aren't seven wound, five up saves human with guns. Uh, these might be they four. They might be four, but I, breachers too. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's that question. Um, but good question. Yeah. And do you have any interest in streaming your practice games that you play prior to a new video release? So again, this is a bit of an outdated question because we've started streaming our yeah, practice since, games. Since this question has been asked of us. We have started streaming our practice games. So if you want to watch them and you haven't caught them yet, usually we post on Instagram or the Discord uh, or just a post on YouTube the morning of if we're going to stream. Not always, but usually. We have really no consistent schedule at this point. But, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Yep. Um, Turn notifications on. So from Adam Snellgrove, any plans of a narrative campaign for Kill Team? Not really, but we have been asked a lot, so maybe it's something we should look into. Yeah, I don't know. Um, to me, Kill Team seems more built for competitive play, and Warcry seems more built for narrative play. I agree. So that's why we chose to do the narrative campaign through Warcry. But um, and also, like, we have so many Kill Teams. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, playing the same one for like four games. Like, I feel like the matchup is. Um, like, different matchups are so much more important in Kill Team. Yeah. So, def not, like, a hard no. Like a soft we, no. Yeah, a soft not right now. Yeah. But uh, definitely open to it. All right, uh, last Patreon question. Todd Lambert asks us what color he should paint his breachers. And uh, we're going to say... We have the hex code here. We're going to say C9E4CA, if you put that in a hex color picker. Uh, it's like the mountainside light green. Uh, ba or basically just copy Vic's, uh, copy Vic's Phobos Marines, but for Navy Breachers. And also, if, uh, if you're a patron and you asked a question and somehow we missed it, just let us know and we'll answer it. Uh, we'll definitely answer it. I think we got them all, but if we somehow missed you, we're sorry and, uh, let us know. Um, okay, so those are the Patreon questions. I think next we should go through the questions that we have been asked the most over the last year. And then we'll get to the sure. Discord ones. Sure, okay. Because the Discord questions are kind of all over the map. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, okay, so the first question we've been asked so many times is what, where does the music come from? What's all the music? And uh, the short answer is that we make all the music in-house. Um, I mean, I don't think we really need to get too far into that aspect of it, but just because we get asked all the time, that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's homegrown. Homegrown music. Brad and I met in music school, so it's like kind of the one way we're actually leveraging our education for this channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you not measure anything? 
we get asked a lot. Yeah, we measure everything many times. Yeah. But then we just cut it out of the video to make it like move along more smoothly. Yeah, exactly. The videos would be like three times longer, but we, when one of us is going to make a move, we like say the move we're going to make, measure it, and then if it's even remotely close, we both measure it, do the move, and then measure it again. And then sometimes because we're like moving the pieces on camera without a measuring stick, we'll just move it. And then once the shot is ended, we'll like re-measure from where it was just to make sure it's like exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah. So yes, we measure. Yeah. Um, and then what is the order that we do things in to make a battle report? Uh, well, first we pick teams. Yep. And make sure that we have all the teams ready to go and the terrain ready to go. Yeah. Um, then we film the actual game. So Like we play the game as we're filming it. Yeah. So we'll play the game. Stopping between each activation or every couple of activations to film, like, the shots that you see. We're rolling dice as we go. Yeah. And after the game is over, we do all the voiceover uh, after the fact. And uh, snip, snap, snip. Yeah, all edit it all together. Yeah. And then, you know, music and et cetera is all obviously done kind of at the end. Yeah. And then we've also been asked, um, there are a couple teams for... For each of us that, you know, it's been requested many, many times. Uh, how do we paint these? Yeah. How do we paint these? So for me, people really want to know how I painted my warp coven. Yeah. And Vic, people are really interested in his uh, his corn. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So this was my deal. I had uh, first base coat everything. Okay. I primed white. Prime white. Base everything in Xandry dust. Couple... A couple thin coats, then wash it with Agrax Earthshade, dry brush up with uh, Xandry Dust again, and then another layer of dry brushing highlights with Pallid Witch Flesh. So that's like the sandy tone. Then uh, for all the blue, uh, I base coated with McCrag Blue, and then did like little dabs, stippling but not over the whole things, so just so there's like, kind of like a pattern of Lothurn Blue, it's just a lighter blue. And then when that's dry, I washed uh, all the blue with uh, Druki Violet, I think it was. Druchi Violet? Druki Violet? I don't know. know. Druki is a chess manufacturer in Michigan. Oh, nice. But spelled differently. Um, For all the bronze, like the metal parts, uh, like the the darker color is Warplock Bronze, and the lighter color is just Lead Belcher. And then I uh, washed the whole thing with, I think it was Carolberg Crimson. Uh, and then I just did a bit of highlights with like a brighter silver, I think Stormhose silver on all the metal. Uh, and there's a good amount, all the pink, the warpy spell kind of stuff is, uh, Screamer Pink, my favorite paint, mm. washed with, uh, Carolberg Crimson as well. Yeah, that's the scheme. I tried to make it a fast scheme. It's actually not that fast, but, uh, Yeah. I think it's effective Definitely. and people seem to like it. Okay, what about your uh, your corn from Warcry? So, okay, when I when people ask me how I painted the corn army, I'm assuming they mean how did I paint the armor. So I'm like, I'm not going to get into the skin and leather and stuff because it's like, you know, different shades of brown and red and stuff. Like, that's all standard. But for the armor, I painted everything, like, base coat with a kind of dark silver, and then I picked out the trim with a lighter silver, but I was, like, really sloppy with that, really fast. Um, and then I did like a pretty diluted black oil wash for some depth, matte varnish and throw on some typhus corrosion 
in some of the metal parts just for some texture and then dry brush it again with the dark silver. And then I just applied the dirty down verdigris on all the trim section. Nice. There it is, folks. That's it. And then the snow is just uh, white craft paint, baking soda, and PVA glue in roughly equal parts. Sweet. There you go. All right. Discord questions? Yeah. So Chief McLean on Discord says, uh, of factions in 40K that aren't represented, which kill team would you like to see soon? I mean, we kind of already yeah, answered did, this. But... Definitely Votan, Tyranids, uh, Death Guard, the new corn uh, world eaters. Oh, I would love a Berserkers yeah. team. Yeah. I would love for them to get back to White Dwarf so that I can uh, rationalize buying more 40K stuff. Uh, Carl asks, are you going to any conventions this year to look at new stuff, games, etc.? Not on the docket. We almost went to KTO, but yeah. it just, with our schedule and everything, it just didn't work out. Yeah. But, um... We want to, but it's tough. There's just not a lot happens around us. We're, uh, we're in Canada and everything seems to be in the States. <laughs> yeah. We might go to Nova, but... Yeah. May, it's like a very, very, who knows, maybe... Yeah, but we're we're looking for it. We're no plans right now, but we'd like to. Um, uh, Zertles asks, "What guys? What got you guys into the hobby?" We already answered that. Yeah, but good question. Um, Mac Macman MC Man. No, no, no. I've read this guy's name a thousand times, and I think it's Mc Mac Mac Mank McManks. <laughs> <laughs> but is it like I mean I figured it might be like a Manchester thing or I don't oh, know. I have no idea. Anyway, what's your guess at the teams in the next kill team box? Uh I'm gonna go for Exaction Squad and well, Hand no, of the okay. Archive. I think, I think yeah. <laughs> uh but the one after that. The one after that? I I hope it's either Votan and Tyranids or Terminators and Tyranids. Yeah, you know what I think it's gonna be? I think it's gonna be Katachan jungle fighters. <laughs> <laughs> More human yeah. honestly. I could see it. Yeah. Katachan, Jungle Fighters versus... Uh, Servitors. Like, serfs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Like, I really, really want to believe that it's going to be Votan, Tyranids, or Terminators. We can hope. We can hope. But I'm yeah. very afraid that it's going to be humans with shotguns. All right. Ponius asks, what Warcry teams or allies or monsters would you want to build or play for the channel that you haven't played yet? Um, I really want to play Soul Blight Gravelords. Yeah, they're all cool. the resurrection shenanigans seem like meme worthy. Also, uh, any dwarf team would be yeah, fun. You or, almost did character yeah. on Overlords for the narrative, but campaign. the patrons voted yeah. trees. Um, I would like to uh, try a game with that new chaos monster they put out at the beginning of this edition. Remember which one? The Centaurian Marshal or something. Oh, yeah. Remember? It was you like, almost bought that. I almost bought it, but then I ended up buying the Chaos Legionnaires instead. Yeah, okay. Um, but I would love to play with that because it looks like fun. And it's pretty... It feels... When, you know, you play skirmish games, you don't often get to just put, like, a big, huge honking model on the table, so it'd be fun to yeah. do that. All right, Sunkist asks, what's your favorite faction in Age of Sigmar and War, uh, Warhammer 40K and why? Well, we've both never played either of those games, but... Based purely on a, favorites. Yeah, yeah, based purely on aesthetic, uh, I really like the vibe of any dwarf team. So Fire Slayers, uh, the Overlords, or uh, Votan. I'm a big dwarf guy. Yeah, yeah. So 
For Sigmar, I really like the cow elves. I can't remember what they're called, but I think that they're like so wild, and I would the love cow elves. Yeah, you know the, the yeah I know what you the mean, elves but... that have all the like cows on their head. I'm, yeah. I'm so into them. <laughs> um, and then for 40k, just recently, I've really got into Dark Angels lore. I think it's very as cool. As in two days ago. As in two days ago, and I've listened to an audio book that one of the Horus Heresy Dark Angels books. I painted up a few Dark Angels, and I'm like, I'm pretty into it. And I was actually just about to tell Brad. Uh, Brad live reaction on podcast here. If they bring uh, Lionel Johnson back to 40k, I kind of want to do a boarding action of just like Lion. They they said they are, didn't they? Well, I don't think it's confirmed, oh. but like, yeah, it's rumored. Just Valrak said it? Yeah, I think so. Do your Valrak impression. No, I can't do my Valrak impression. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear that. I do. Well, all right. Um, uh, a Monkey says, do you have any plans on jumping into larger war games such as 40K or Age of Sigmar? Uh, yeah, we're thinking about boarding actions. I don't think we'll ever do like 2,000 point matches on this channel. It's just not our thing. And also it Certainly seems like right a lot now. of work. Yeah, like maybe maybe in the far future where there's only war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think not really, but boarding actions we're really looking at. Yeah. Uh, but we need to... Wait until we get another box of Into the Dark Terrain to make yeah. a full board. Uh, other than that, yeah, maybe Legion at some point. Definitely, yeah. Uh, maybe historical wargaming, Synthwave Battle of Waterloo. Yeah, we, we've been <laughs> memeing about that. Synthwave Battle of Waterloo would be so good. Um, Invisible Stash asks uh, if we have any painting scheme tutorials for any of the armies on the channel. We just have... Um, the Fifty Shades of Green video where Vic painted orcs and I painted plague bears. Um, it wasn't a tutorial as much as a you know vlog, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that video's gotten like a ton of love. But uh, if you're listening to this and you really want painting tutorials, just uh, write a comment. Leave yeah. a comment down below. And there's also there's one um, for painting the mountainside. Oh yeah, space you Marines. did your Phobos. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, sledge. We'd, we'd like to make more of it, but it just you know got to give people what they want yeah. yeah sledge callier asks about boarding actions which we've kind of already answered do you think the release of boarding action will have effect on the future of kill team as a product sure hope not uh i think it could only be good but probably not well yeah i mean he specifically says like gw sunsetting kill team which i think would be yeah i think no way like kill team has grown so much in the last yeah. year I think they're uh, they're loving Kill Team, as far as I can see. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not wrong. Uh, Bees Churger asks, I know you've used 3D printed terrain, but have you guys ever considered using 3D printed proxies and or kit bashed units in your battle reports? Yes. Yes, we've considered it. We haven't done it yet. Uh, I mean, we've definitely used kit bashed units. Yeah. Well, I, you have. I haven't really. But um, right, yeah. Victor, Victor has seen some uh, Void Dancer proxies that he's thinking yeah. of. For Warcry, I definitely have a few things that I would love to use. Uh, you know, who knows what the future will bring, but are we considering it? Definitely. 100%. Almost certainly it'll happen at some point. It's just a question of how long from now. Yeah. Uh, Kelt asks, after watching the video today and hearing y'all are doing a QA, and uh, I figured I'd ask if you would ever be up for a game against a fan or hosting tournaments in your area ever being a possibility. It's something we've talked about. Yeah. Um, Hosting tournaments in our area, I think probably not, right? Yeah, the amount of work that seems to go into those is 
a lot. And also, that's kind of like really different from what we're doing. We would go to tournaments yeah. for sure if there were any. Um, there's one coming up, I think, uh, in about uh, six weeks. That's not too far from us. That I think we're going to try and hit up. Nice. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, but we have kind of considered hosting a tournament on Tabletop Simulator. We yeah. like not confirmed, obviously, and we have a lot of logistics to work out. But uh, we've been playing a lot of Tabletop Simulator Kill Team and think it'd be a fun, like, Discord tournament thing to run. Yeah, we've also thought about maybe doing fan games on the stream. Yep. But no, nothing set in stone yet. Yeah. But we've been talking about it. Uh, shuffle of, Feel. A lot of questions about boarding actions. Yeah, Shuffle Feel asks about boarding actions, so we've already answered that. But thanks for the question, Shuffle Feel. Superpowers Booth. Asks, assuming that you guys will be showing off the Soul Shackle teams, who's going to be playing what? Uh, I did answer this in the Discord, but just for the sake of everybody else listening, I'll be playing the Exaction Squad, the Arbites, Arbites, and yeah. Victor will be playing the um, Emo Elves. All right, someone on YouTube has asked what our dice box is, uh, and the answer is a Dollarama picture frame with another little piece of wood stuck in it, spray-painted black. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thank you very much for all your questions, everybody. Glad we didn't have, like, two questions, and it was really awkward. Yeah, had, Like, a really good amount of questions there. Um, yeah. Chunk yeah. three. Joel, just a quick note. I think we're, we'll leave the, like, questions channel open in the Discord for a while. If, uh, you know, if you have any burning questions, let us know. We'll probably feel less compelled to answer it, but... If Maybe it, we'll just answer them in the Discord. Now. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah. Uh, you know, this is not the end of the conversation. All right, chunk three. Yeah. All right, so upcoming stuff that we're going to chat about. First things first, the new box for Kill Team. Big hype or little hype? Never been more excited about anything in my entire life. I'm pressing X to doubt right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, whatever. Like, it's not, the, it's not my favorite box of Warhammer that they've ever released. But, uh, you know, it'll be cool. I'm really looking forward to see how the teams play. It's hard to say anything until we know what the, like, rule gimmick is. Yeah, I just want to see some rules. Could be good, could be bad, but we're going to play it. We're talking about, um, like, doing a either either the Saturday that it comes out or the Sunday starting in the morning after it comes out. We're, we're thinking about doing a stream where we start from opening the box yeah. or, like, taking the sprue out, and uh, we build and paint in one stream and don't stop streaming until we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Which could be stupid. But, I mean, it's going to be fun. I, I think yeah. a lot of people will be building and painting it. That day, and yep. so, you know, drop in, hang out, uh, you know. Yeah. It'll be fun, and it's also going to force us to, like, sit down and get the thing painted. Yeah, and then we'll uh, slam out a battle report and try and get it out as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, what else is coming? Big Shatterpoint uh, news. Not that big, actually, but some Shatterpoint news. Pre-orders went out, and also uh, they teased a few more things. We are super hyped for Shatterpoint. Yeah. We really hope that people are also hyped so that we make videos on it that don't get two views. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it looks like such a good fit for us. Like it's a cinematic skirmish game in a universe that we both like go to yep. sleep crying about that we love so much. Yep. <laughs> I have a um, Anakin Skywalker waifu body pillow. No, I don't actually. That's a joke. I actually do have an Anakin Skywalker lightsaber beside my bed, and I always tell my wife it's for protection, but she <laughs> hates it so much. That's funny. 
I actually use it as like a light when I'm going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Your nightlight is a lightsaber. <laughs> Are you serious, dude? It, no, it gives off like a very pleasant glow and sound. <laughs> <laughs> but it does wake up the whole house. Oh, no. All right. What else is coming up soon? New Warcry box as well? Yeah. I'm I'm out on it. Victor likes the uh, guy cosplaying as a dog. Love, love the, the corn furries. Um, like, I, we're probably not going to get it, right? Like Samurai vampires don't seem to thrill me. Honestly, if we're going to get more Warcry stuff, it's just going to be like other teams probably. Yeah. It feels much less mandatory for Warcry. 100%. And like we obviously kill team is our biggest focus and we love Warcry and are going to continue doing Warcry. But um, this box just doesn't really line up with our schedule and our goals right now. But looking forward to whatever the next one is. Like I like seeing all the new stuff for Gur. Um you know, we'll probably get back to Gur at some point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've invested a lot of time in the setting, right? So yeah, we're thinking about maybe doing a three or four person game in yeah. Gur, which would be really fun. Um, but it, it's like actually hard to find one or two more people that play Warcry. Yeah, it'd probably be uh, PJ. We even bought PJ a warband. <laughs> I mean, he's built it. Yeah. He's built. It. He's working on it. Um, um, what else is coming up? The end of this podcast. Well, okay. What? Uh, what videos do we have coming out in February? We've, we, we have the most hype video we've ever made. Yeah, we've got like a really, really exciting uh, guest battle report. Yeah, we have uh, someone that you all might know. I'm assuming if you watch our channel, you've probably seen this person's channel. So it's another person in the uh, same kind of space as us that does uh, like skirmish games. Yeah. And uh, I play against them. And one of us wins and one of us loses. Oh, that's is that a spoiler? It's not a tie. It's not a draw. That's, that's the spoiler. It's yeah. not a tie. Um, you're not going to say any more right now, but it is very exciting. It will be coming out uh, early February, so coming soon for sure. Yeah. And then uh, depending on the release of Soul Shackle, when it comes out, we'll either be able to slam that out in February or have another war cry in between this battle report and the first Soul Shackle one. Yeah, it really just depends on when this Soul Shackle box comes out. I think that about does it for this podcast. Yep. Uh, you'll probably see if you're listening to this one, we just posted our very first podcast episode as well, just to uh, get it up here. We're going to be posting all the free episodes up on YouTube. And if you want to hear the episodes that aren't free, there's two sitting waiting for you to listen to on your drive to work uh, in the Patreon. Yep. So you can go check that out right now. Every they're, month. They're pretty outdated at this point. But uh, you can still go check them out, and uh, there's going to be one next month and one two months from now that are both Patreon-exclusive. So if you want to hear those, be a patron, and then you can hear them. Otherwise, we'll talk to you in May. Or in the next video, which is coming out in a week. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, like and subscribe. Yep. You know, all this stuff. Check the merch. Check the Patreon. It helps a lot. Yeah. Take a moment for yourself. Yep. Uh... Peace, y'all. See ya.